Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, y'all. I'm Joe Tower, and you're listening to Tales of Male Folly, a storytelling podcast based on the Los Angeles live show of the same name. The live show features a lineup of four performers, all male, telling true stories that put the embarrassment and shame back into being a man. Each episode of this podcast will feature one new story by one new storyteller, recorded live at one of our past shows, and presented to you here and now, as is. If you're in the L.A. area, check out our website, talesofmalefolly.com, for more info as well as upcoming event dates and times. You can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. You can't find us on Twitter because fuck Twitter. All right, enough small talk. Let's get on with the folly. Nate Madison is a producer and literary manager, one of my best friends, performed a hat trick of stories at our live show, but most importantly, is a new-ish dad. He and his girlfriend Sarah welcomed their daughter, the Izza, into this world just last year, and it's been a roller coaster of new dadness ever since. He performed the story you're about to hear at our show in May, and it's the kind of story that one has to ask the storyteller whether or not they mind it being recorded, produced, and edited, and then released into the wilds of the podcast verse. Look, I'm a simple man. It takes very little other than my wife, my dog, cold beer, and a decent hockey season to remind me that my existence in this world is fulfilled. But Nate has a depth of soul that, frankly, leaves me at a loss for words. When faced with any kind of adversity, he can wrap his brain around reason in this life and somehow manage to juice out a lesson. As per his profound and bittersweet story in which Nate finds a nugget of wisdom when he catches his own dad in his apartment, in his living room, in a compromised position. I don't want to give you all blue balls, so here's Nate Madison's Tale of Male Folly. Um, I am less off book than Brett, so, but you know what, my kid's younger, so fuck you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to steal your move, though. I'm going to sit like this, because that was actually really handy. Um, and apologies in advance for everybody that paid for tickets tonight, because uh, I'm looking at this, you know? Um, by the way, this is true. My uh, babysitter showed up, and, you know, she's normally 17 bucks an hour. And I told her I was going to perform in a comedy show, and she's like, oh, okay, it's going to be 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> She's clearly dated a comedian, but who here hasn't, you know? Um, so coming here tonight, it sort of felt like I was going to an AA meeting. Um, like, hello, my name is Nate. I've been a father for 14 months. Uh, it's been two years since I just did MDMA and went to a rap concert. Um, I really just miss leaving the house. Um... And I want to congratulate everybody for, like, spending time and writing these stories and getting out here and all that. I mean, every time I sat down to write this, uh, Izzy would, uh, would uh, like, pour an entire trash can on her head and then, like, wade through old uh, fish bones and, uh, and coffee grounds uh, 
because she's basically just like, you know, a raccoon in a tiny person suit. Um, and that's kind of indicative of like the level of fuckitness that I've gotten to in the last year since Izzy turned one. Um, you know, when Sarah first told me that she was pregnant, I was like, hell yeah, we're going to be one of those Instagram families. Um, <laughs> you know, we're going to put our six-month-old in an ergo baby and then do ayahuasca while hiking through Machu Picchu with our white nanny. Uh, and then really you just, you know, end up with the life sucked out of you, uh, arguing over which one of you is going to go pick up the American dream at 10 o'clock at night so that we can house it before passing out at 10.30. Um, <laughs> and the worst part about this is the fact that it like humanizes your own parents. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, like when, I first got, when we first got pregnant, um, <laughs> I didn't get pregnant, yeah. Um, but when we first got pregnant, um, uh, I look back at memories of like my divorced mother making me feel guilty for listening to Tone Loke and uh, my dad getting married and divorced more times than Billy Bob Thornton. And I thought, you know, you guys really fucking blew it. Um, but now I'm like, nah, you're just doing your best. I get it now. Uh, so, you know, in March, uh, Izzy uh, had her first birthday, which is a, a huge deal. Uh, and our plan was to throw this big birthday party for her. And it's, you know, not for her, obviously. It's really just for us to get our friends together and congratulate us for keeping a thing that's hell-bent on killing itself alive for an entire year. Um, you know, and <laughs> adding to the stress of throwing this party is the fact that we've been living on the single income for a year. Uh, we chose for Sarah not to go to, back to work full-time, which is awesome, uh, but also like a white-knuckle roller coaster of adult decision-making um, and by the way, the story gets funny. You know, you're all looking at me like, is he okay? <laughs> so, uh, in Korean culture, the first birthday is an especially big deal. Uh, you throw this party, uh, called a toll. Um, there's a dinner, there's a photographer, an old Korean man says a prayer, and everybody comes to town from all over the country, like it's a wedding or a quinceanera. Um, and by the way, I'm not Korean, obviously. <laughs> Uh, in case anybody was confused by this. <laughs> uh, I look like the guy that brews the beer for the Men of the Night's Watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how white I am. Um, but my baby mommy is. <laughs> you know, and she informed me that when uh, you throw a doll, um, you're lavished with gifts of money and gold jewelry, and I'm assuming a small house somewhere in the Gangnam District of Korea. Uh, but I'm not sure. I just, I just know it's fucking crazy. Um, so our goal with this party is sort of a three-parter. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be more stress free because we'll have a little bit more cash uh, as Sarah prepares for this big job that she's gonna start in about a month. Um, we're gonna throw show our friend uh, show our friends that you know you know that me as a guy who's known for killing succulent gardens uh, can keep a, a child alive for a year, and we're gonna prove to Instagram that we can uh, we could be lifestyle bloggers if we wanted to, but that shit's lame, so we're not going to. <laughs> um, and what I discovered is that there's no such thing as a free toll. Um, and this came in the form of our parents coming to town and staying with us for like a month. Uh, my dad planned like a whole road trip out of it and ended up basically crashing on our couch for three weeks. Uh, and the thing is, when your parents become grandparents, they really start to regress into like spoiled teenagers, but like with a, a whole new sense of their own mortality. Um, like Sarah's, Sarah's mom just wanted to hang out and play Candy Crush on her phone 
while making passive-aggressive comments about us not having enough food in the house. <laughs> you know, and then whenever she would hold Izzy, she would talk about she really hopes that Sarah's brother uh, will get married before she dies. Um, and meanwhile, my dad only wanted to uh, communicate... Um, uh, his only forms of, of, of communication, uh, uh, sorry, were uh, sarcastic zingers in like Game of Thrones season seven predictions. Um, like the man would rather talk about anything, uh, would rather not talk about anything except for like what's going to happen to Jon Snow. Um, and the thing is, like, while he's become just more of himself in the last year, uh, he's always been this way. Like. Um, even when I was an angry teenager who wanted to talk about why he was always going on dates during our weekends together, he'd just be like, I think I can sum this up in a metaphor about Han Solo wanting to flirt with Princess, Princess Leia while also fighting the evil empire. Um, he can multitask. He's uh, that kind of guy. Um, uh, anyway, I, I feel bad for our parents because, you know, we then have this newfound sense of our own limitations, which we've obviously inherited from them. Uh, but it's really hard to give a shit when they just won't leave your couch. Um, <laughs> but overall, the doll ends up uh, being this beautiful thing. Um, you know, there are dozens of white people looking around at a Korean, uh, at a K-Town banquet hall being extremely confused. Um, you know, Sarah's father does this incredible karaoke rendition of Elvis Presley's It's Now or Never. Um, Izzy smashes, smashes a cake into her face, um, which is amazing. And, you know, by the way, if you ever need to see the most hilarious thing in your life followed by the scariest thing in your life, give a one-year-old a cake. Um, their little bodies can't handle it. It's like, you know, they're tiny junkies cycling through a, a drug high that lasts about 30 seconds. They're experiencing pure joy for like a moment before they hulk out and end up crying on the floor. <laughs> so, you know, the party's incredible. Um, and then like two days later, Sarah gets a call and uh, learns that she's been screwed out of her big job. Um, and it fucking sucks, you know, uh, because, like, all of this light at the end of tunnel, end of the tunnel expectation um, just gets thrown into total chaos. Um, and my dad, who's still in town, um, <laughs> sees the panic on our faces um, because we look exactly like Izzy coming off of a sugar high. Uh, and he sends us off to have a drink at a bar around the corner. Um, you know, after we put Izzy to bed, of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Sarah and I have this deep conversation in a way that we haven't been able to for months. I mean, honestly, you know, maybe since Izzy's been, you know, was born. Uh, and in this conversation, I see Sarah start to realize this profound truth about life, uh, which is that the existential happiness that we're all trying to pursue is actually a myth. <laughs> um, and I feel bad for her. Uh, because maybe it's due to the fact that, you know, I grew up with the kind of dad who needs to be tricked into conversations about our relationship by talking about uh, the uh, Tywin Lannister uh, story arc in Game of Thrones. Um, you know, I truly have never, you know, believed in this construct of human happiness. Um, and I tell her this. <laughs> uh, and I don't, you know, I don't think it was comforting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's a, a piece to it. <laughs> Um, you know, and then we promise to never, ever tell Izzy this truth. Um, you know, we, we, you know, we have another whiskey and we dry our tears and you know, we pick our spirits back up and we walk home. Um, and the night is warm and lovely and we pass by the Lackma streetlights and it sort of hits Sarah's face and she looks gorgeous. Um, you know, we climb the stairs to our apartment, uh, trying to be extra quiet cause it's dark, uh, you know, in, in, through the windows and 
everybody's probably asleep. You know, we walk in, and, and there's my father uh, masturbating in our dining room. <laughs> yep. Uh, but here's the thing, like, it doesn't compute in my brain what is actually happening. Um, you know, partially, like, because there is a creator that is good, his crotch is, is like, blocked by our dining room table, and partially because my brain refuses to accept the, the image of my dad jerking off. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if you've heard the story about Cortez landing on the Yucatan, <laughs> but apparently the Mayans, you know, didn't even put up a fight. Uh, and the reason, because they had never seen a ship before, so their brains couldn't process it. Uh, they were like, what ships? What's a fucking ship? Um, and in this scenario, I'm the ancient Mayans, and the conquistadors are my dad's penis. <laughs> Sarah, unfortunately, isn't so lucky. <laughs> so she immediately about faces and heads out towards the porch. Um, <laughs> And uh, my dad, meanwhile, looks like a startled moose. Um, like the moment we walk in, he's sitting there at the table with, like, with his earbuds in and looking at his laptop. <laughs> and then he snaps his head up violently. And in a weird way, I kind of think maybe he like dozed off like a charming grandfather might. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> and he tries to yank his pants back up. And by pants, of course, I mean cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sort of like falls back like a cartoon character straight back onto the floor and now because I'm still not fully picking up on what's going on here I'm embarrassed for him on like a totally different level like this is a 60 year old man who's already survived one heart attack and he might be concussed on my dining room floor uh, but thankfully again because you know the universe is good. He immediately pops back on his own. The cargo shorts are back up around his waist where they fucking belong. Um, and I didn't have to experience like picking up my unconscious father who's got his dick hanging out. Um, you know, my dad goes to the bathroom to collect himself and I join Sarah up on the porch, uh, you know, where she's doing the same. Um, and she says to me, did you see what your dad was doing? And like the moment starts to like Kaiser Soze itself. <laughs> And it dawns on me that, like, I, you know, we just witnessed my dad beating off. Uh, and suddenly it's like I have a teenage son. You know, like, I'm the, I have to be the kind of parent that my dad never was because, you know, apparently I'm going to have to go talk to him. And I may actually have to say the words, you know, Dad, it's okay to touch yourself. There's nothing actually wrong with that. And, like, you know, we go back inside and there's my dad sitting on the couch, red-faced and mortified. <laughs> and I think, like, in a weird way, walking in on him, m masturbating, is possibly the best actual advice he's ever given me. <laughs> because this is a man who's been married five times. He's a father and a grandfather. And, you know, I realize that we live a long time and nobody has the answers. Uh, you know, life is fucking terrifying. And in our most uncertain moments, we need to chase a little bit of happiness. And sometimes that, that means you have to rub one out. <laughs> and so I say to him, hey, Dad, thanks for letting us go get a drink. Um, do you want to watch an episode of Game of Thrones? 
And he nods, and so we do. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Our live show is produced every other month at the Virgil in Los Angeles by me, Joe Tower, with the help of Brian Weiss and Alex Gredet. It's presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles. This podcast is produced by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, and also for subscription on SoundCloud, along with a bunch of other great podcast content as part of the Extra Credit Network. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe and rate us. Or if you hated what you heard here and want us to fuck off, leave us a review and tell us what we can do better. If you'd like to contact us, or if you have a story to tell in spoken or written form, you can email us at talesofmalfolly at gmail.com. Oh, and one last time, you can find us online at www.talesofmalfolly.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.